Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 34 in Edmonton, Bob Stoffer down at Rogers Place. The Edmonton Oilers just finishing up uh, practice, just their fourth practice under Ken Hitchcock. And uh, change is coming. And that's where we're going to go. Uh, we will tell you the guests on the show receive guest certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. Louis DeBras joins us every Thursday in Orders Now. He uh, is uh, the Orders analyst on the television broadcast as well as with Hockey Night in Canada. Hello, Louis. Louis, you there? Hey, Louis, how are you? How are you doing? Good, I got you now. I'm very okay, happy. Right. Uh, I said, how are you doing? I, I'm doing. How are you doing? I'm doing. <laughs> what what show? What show is that from? By the way, I have no is idea. That from, is that from Friends? I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's just kind of a normal greeting between us when we see each other. So, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, by the way, doing? when you played, did you have a favorite TV show that you guys watched? That all the guys watched back in the day. Oh, good question. You know what? Um, I know that we always used to watch Fresh Fresh Prince of Bel Air when we were at the dress in the dressing room. It Come was on. just on at that point in time. Yeah, no, seriously. So it, was, it always seemed to be on, especially in Edmonton, and uh, that was kind of it. We would uh, we would have that playing in the background, uh, typically in the trainers' room. You know, there was a TV in there, so when you walked in there, guys would sit around, have their coffee, have a little hot stove, and. Uh, that was the gathering point. We were, I think, we were talking about it on the bus not too long ago. That used to be like the kitchen of the house. You know, right. it was, uh, you know, Kenny Lowe, who I just talked to the other day and bumped into him in the hallway. It was nice to see him. I haven't seen him in a while. You know, we would all kind of congregate in there, sit around. Guys would be getting treatment. And then finally, it was just like, you know, he would say, "Okay, enough's enough. Get out of here. I've got work to do." And he'd kick everybody out of there unless you were a guy that was on the table getting some treatment. You weren't supposed to be in there, but. It was the central gathering spot in the dressing room. It always was. We always kind of trickled in there, wanted to see what was going on, and there was always a TV on in there, so we kind of would be able to sit around and watch the show. So I do remember the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, yeah, used to be the one that was on the TV a lot. Uh, well, there you have it. I, a total aside, didn't think we were going to go there. Well, I don't know about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, <laughs> but how about fresh line combinations for the Edmonton Oilers? And maybe not a surprise, 
on top of the back-to-back losses. I mean, the team is being outshot significantly. Uh, you know what? Uh, sometimes there's a sickness that gets into your game even when you're winning. Oilers right, one and one over ten game stretch. Goaltending had a big factor on it. Uh, but just a thought, first of all, uh, today at practice on the Oilers splitting up Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl had Nugent Hopkins and Poliarvi with McDavid, and Reader and Chase on with Leon Draisaitl. Well, you know, I think this is a direct result also of Dujar Kara being suspended, suspended for two games. So you lose another centerman. So you're you're less deep at the center position. Yes, you could shuffle around, put Spooner back in there. You have Brodziak, and you could keep those two centermen in McDavid and Nugent Hopkins. But listen, no different than when they decided to put Dreisaitl with McDavid. They wanted to you know, get a response. And I think right now when you look at it, teams have really started to buckle down that top line. I think Dreisaitl maybe was a little fatigued in the last couple of games from what I could tell. Wasn't moving his feet as much. Center position allows him to move his feet a little bit more, keep his momentum going. Not as many stops and starts, which I think is, I think is less taxing on the body. Uh, allows him to kind of create and manage the flow of the shift a little bit more. And, you know, what we've seen what, what Nugent Hopkins can do with McDavid. So it's a different look. I understand why it's happening. I think you have to shuffle. We see a lot of teams do it when things aren't going well and you've, you've lost a couple and you're trying to find a little bit more of a spark. You shuffle things up, keep it fresh. So I have no problem with it. I actually thought they were going to go back to it, uh, which they tried to a little bit, in the game versus St. Louis because nothing was really working for them. Although um, they had five power plays, only three shots on those power plays, I just thought they were a little flat five-on-five. They just didn't have that killer instinct in the shifts. And, you know, a rare night where things weren't bouncing for McDavid and things weren't going for Dreisaitl. Shuffle things up, split them up, get Dreisaitl's feet moving. I think he's excellent when he's doing that. And it'll force him to be the, you know, to dictate that shift a little bit more. So, um, listen... Uh, it's all part of it. For, for Ken Hitchcock, he hasn't seen it any other way, you know, as the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. So he's shuffling things for the first time, especially the top line, and just trying to find some balance in the game. We, we use that word a lot, but it's so important. You can't only have one line firing. You can't even only have two lines firing. You have to have multiple lines firing in a game, and your fourth line has to be good. So if you want to call it 3A and 3B, I don't care what you call it, but everybody's got to be on the same page, and you have to be firing to win in this league consistently. And they're going up against a team on Saturday that's very deep, that does roll four lines, and every single line can hurt you. So I think that's probably another reason why he's trying to split this up and find a little more depth. Yes, Apoliarvi. I believe he's starting to gain some traction here, Louis. Well, I agree. I really, I think he is too. And I know, I know he's been a real, you know, hot button topic here as far as you know. We want to see instant results from Apoliarvi. Still a young man. And I do see some changes in his game, though. Since he's come back up uh, under Hitch, I do believe he's been a little bit more... He's been a little extra jump in his stride. I think it always does that. When you go down to the American Hockey League, I know a lot of people look at that as a real negative, but it certainly puts things in perspective for the player. When you're down there in the American Hockey League and you're grinding it out, you're jumping on the bus, you're playing in smaller venues, your goal is to get back to the National Hockey League as fast as possible. I've done it. I've been there. I've been up and down like a yo-yo some years. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's a night and day difference. So there's a lot of motivation to want to come back up and play well in the NHL. And I think, yes, it came up and you could tell he's more motivated. He's moving his feet more. Uh, I like the term that Hitchcock uses, push people around. I think he's starting to push more people around with his size. 
And the other thing, it's, it's kind of ironic, but I mean, it's perfect time. And we talked to him in the morning before the game versus St. Louis. And I asked him, I said, is the next progression from your coach's eyes and also from my eyes is starting to use that big frame to create better scoring opportunities. Take that puck to the net. Instead of trying to dish off and pass, put the shoulder down and go right into the danger zone and, and try and create a real high-quality chance. And then secondly, start using the shot. The one thing that he hasn't really been able to do at this level in the NHL is consistently be a threat with the shot. But he does possess a very good shot. So it's not that easy. Trust me, it's, it, you say that's the next progression, but it's not just as easy as going out there and it happens every night. But you have to start consistently doing the things that will allow you to get those shots away. And I thought it was a perfect example the other night. He gets into a quiet spot at the right moment. Jujar Kara, who's, who was playing really well before beginning getting suspended, puts it right on his tape and he buries it. It, it. And made it look easy. You know, that was kind of one of those plays where you're like, wow, he kind of made that look easy. Why doesn't that happen a couple times a game or, you know, once every few games where he has a grade-A chance like that with that shot? I think that'll start to come now for Paul Yarby. I think that's kind of the confidence that starts to develop in a young player, and I think you'll start to see him get to those spots a little more regularly. All right. Well, it's going to be interesting because he's got a dazzling set of – he's got a unique skill set, doesn't he, because of that size. Yeah, you know, and you know, I know Hitch talks about his stick a lot, and it's true. You watch him, he's disruptive. I always call it creating chaos in the offensive zone. When a big guy like that goes in there and just kind of bowls over a couple people, bumps into guys in front of the net, opens up space. Um, you know, there was a play the other night where Kara did a nice backhand pass to Nugent Hopkins, and, and, he, and he scored a nice goal. And it, it was Paul Yarby in front of the net. He's the one that initially started the play on the forecheck. He didn't get an assist on the play. I believe it was against Colorado. He didn't get an yeah. assist on the play, but you know, he was just, you know, a big guy that took up space, and he held that space. And I love that term. You know, I know Hitch uses that a lot, but I do like that because it means a couple of different things. But when you're a big guy and you occupy a dangerous area of the ice, the opposition has no choice but to try and get you out of there. And so you're automatically taking at least one person, and if you can somehow nudge into a second guy while you're there, you're taking out two guys. And in that play particularly... You know, Nugent Hopkins did a little button hook around everybody. Perfect no-look pass by Kara under the tape. But it was Pugliarby in front that was just banging away with guys and nobody could get to Nugent Hopkins. They were so concerned with him being right in a dangerous spot that it was like Nugent Hopkins was able to walk in and bury it. So, listen, are there some flaws to his game? Yes. Does he continually have to make sure that he's working at a pace that is conducive to being a, a regular in the NHL? Absolutely. Like that, and that's always a difficult thing for a young player. You think you're working hard until you get there and realize how hard people work here and how fast people are and how they never give up on plays. So you can't take a shift off. And that, that's really what his mentality should be. I do think he's been handled well by Hitch, though, in the sense that he's tried to deflect some of the offensive um, negativities away from him and say, listen, let's work on your fundamentals. Let's work on your overall game and then the offense will come. I think we're starting to see a little bit of that offense come in him where he's, he's getting excited about playing the game again, and he's getting excited about trying to create offense. And you know what? I'll tell you what. Offensive guys like nothing more than to put up offense. Well, that's what you were known for in junior, right? Yeah, <laughs> in junior. Well, here, you know, everybody likes to score, right? It's, it's, it's addictive, you know, but the really, really good guys, they can't go without. You know, that's the one thing that I've always noticed about guys in the league and I, and I love about them. 
They absolutely are the most frustrated, temperamental guys when things aren't going well. They, they just can't stand it, and they, they have to score. They have to get involved, and they'll do anything to break down the barrier, the wall, whatever's in front of them to try and make sure they're getting their opportunities and scoring goals and putting up points. And, you know, look at the best in the league. Every single time, it's, their celebrations don't change. It's not like they've done it 600 times like Alexander Ovechkin has, 600-plus. He still celebrates hard when he scores goals because he loves to score goals that much. Like, that is absolutely what he's on the ice to do, and that's what he wants to do. So I know not every player can, can be that guy because no, none of us have a shot like Ovechkin, but what I'm saying is if, if you truly do want something bad enough on the ice, then break down the barriers and go get it. And you, it's exciting to see players when that light goes on where they say, hey, I can be more here. I can actually – Jujar Kara is a guy for me right now that's starting to break through that wall a little bit and say, you know what, I'm a big, strong guy in this league. I can control a puck, and I can get a little nasty out there, and I can make some space for myself and create some offense. And we've seen him start to do that. And I do believe, yes, a Yarby is another one that – if he plays the right way, he's going to get his chances. And I think he's starting to realize that. They're both big. I've got to ask you this question because uh, it was interesting today, Louie. Jujar Kara centered a line today with Milan, Lucic, and Tyratti. Now, we know Kara suspended for two games. And by the way, you got no problem with Jujar making that play, right? Like, the guy cross-checks you like that. No, you, I don't. You, you know, got to pop actually, him back. I, I, I thought two games might have been a little much, to be honest. It was a vicious cross-check, though. I like that the fuse was really short with, with Kara. I do. I think that, like I said, he's starting to realize, you know what? I can be, I can be a real physical force out here. Um, but he took the first one, and I love the saying by Craig McTavish. I said it the other night. Craig McTavish early on in Jajar Kara's career said, you know, he's John Wayne tough. And what he meant by that was that he was just honest, honest tough. He wasn't a guy that was going to be dirty. He wasn't a guy that was going to go out there and, and be the guy that sticks a knee out and blows a knee out. He's a guy that plays the game hard and honest. But if you wrong him, (laughs) he's he's going to make sure that justice is served. And and he did. You know what? He took the first cross check in the head. He's the one that initiated with a good body check. Dunn didn't like it. Gave him a shot up in the head, and it was an instant reaction. And you know, listen, it did. It it was a vicious cross check. It was certainly a five minute major. It was certainly uh, it warranted him being. uh, kicked out of the game, but I thought that probably was enough. Maybe a fine, maybe one game. Two games, I think they're just trying to send a message that that type of stuff in the game now, especially in a retaliatory way that it happened, they're like, listen, um, we know you're upset. We know you took one. Dunn got fined as well. He could have easily got a game for it because he's the one that initiated that cross-check. Um, and I thought that would have probably been a little more equal if he would have got one game for his. But listen, I mean, I don't mind it because I know that that trickles through the league. Everybody that's going up against Kara in the next little while is going to understand that if you play him a physical way like that, you might get a cross-check in the head too. Like He's not going to just take abuse from people, which I think is a real quality to have. You know, you're going to get a little bit extra room for that. You think the Internet's fast? <laughs> you think Twitter's fast? I'll tell you what, when you do something like that, it goes through the National Hockey League even faster. All right, Louie, we have a feature today on 6.30, Chet. Uh, this is Bob Stauffer with you at Oilers Now. We're live at Rogers Place, and it's called I Won't Be Home for Christmas. And a byproduct of being a professional hockey player, 
or even dating back to junior days, uh, though they've made significant rule changes over the last few years, is sometimes you're not home for Christmas. How yeah. many how many times did you have to uh, endure that during the course of your career? And were, were there guys, uh, billet families, or perhaps early in your career at Edmonton, you know, married guys uh, with families? As we get the uh, feature rolling here of Dave Campbell, he can fire up the music for us. I won't be home for Christmas. But was was there a, a stage or a, a point during your career where you, you did experience that? You know what? There was a few of them for sure. Uh, travel, uh, sometimes being called up and down. I do remember being called up on Christmas Day to Los Angeles and then being sent down the next day. So you kind of miss that Christmas feeling. Um, I was up as an emergency recall. I was in uh, Las Vegas at the time. But the one that sticks out to me, for whatever reason, was early in my career. It was my first year in pro hockey, and I was playing down in Cape Breton, and Scotty Thornton and I, we stayed there because we didn't have a a big Christmas break to shoot home. The weather wasn't the greatest. They had talked about us. We said, you know what, we're going to stick around. So we went to the video store, and we had a VCR, yeah, the old VCR in in our hotel room. And we, we rented like 20 movies. And all we did was sit in the room and eat food and watch movies for two days straight. And it was like the whole Godfather series, Slapshot. Like we went and got all the ones that we loved and, and sat and watched the movie fest. So we made the best of it um, and, and sat around and watched movies. And uh, that was really all you could do because it was I mean, we were snowed in pretty bad at that time. We could barely get to the store and barely get back, but we made the best of it and, and had a good uh, Christmas watching movies and called everybody on Christmas Day and said our hellos and you know, kept watching movies. Uh, all right, so I'm going to take it further down the step. In the CBA now, mandated that you get a Christmas break. There's no games on Christmas Day at the NHL. Uh, And and is that an illustration of, you know, the respect for that time of the year for for guys to to spend time with their families? It is a respect, and I think it's important. I think it should even be more. I think it should be four or five days, to be honest with you. I think a couple days before Christmas and a couple days after. I think people would appreciate I think the guys would be rejuvenated, be considered if you want. Another little bye week, your second bye week of the year, and it's around a special time at Christmas time for people that can get back and see their families or have families in to visit, and then to come back recharged and even more ready for the second half of the season. I think that's just my thought on it, and you know what? I think the players, if you ask them, would probably like to take that too. Play one more back-to-back at the start of the year and take five days off at Christmas. Uh, You are working the game Saturday night against Tampa Bay. Is that yours or Drew's? That's Drew's. I'm doing the one in Vancouver, Winnipeg at Vancouver, all Canadian matchup. Lou, uh, Merry Christmas and uh, happy holidays to you and yours, and thanks you uh, for joining us here on Oilers Now. Absolutely, Bob. Take care. You too. Have a great Christmas. There you go. That is Louis DeBrusque from NHL Hockey on Rogers. 1251 in Edmonton. We'll have uh, more of that theme coming up. Won't be home for Christmas. Uh, Rob Brown spent some time with Hockey Canada, the World uh, Junior Championships. He won in Russia. Wait till you tell wait till he tells you what they ate over in Russia back in 1988. We have Sean Burke coming up from Hockey Canada. They just put the Spangler Cup team together where they ask players to, you know, commit to a tournament over in Switzerland. It's a fun tournament, but you still have guys away from their families. Al May also joining us on today's show. It's 12:52 at Edmonton. We'll take a timeout and this is orders now. For those who can't make it home this holiday season, our thoughts are with you. Merry Christmas from 630 Chad. Only in 
This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6:30. Chad. 12:55 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer down at Rogers Place in Ice District. The uh, Edmonton Oilers wrapping up a practice at 12:17 that started at 11 o'clock. And speaking of Connor McDavid, he's got two new line mates: Ryan Nugent Hopkins and. Yes, uh, Pulley Arvey. Tobias Reeder was on the left side with Leon Dreisaitl, and they spent some time at the start of the year together. Alex Chason on right wing on that line. The Oilers had uh, Kajula with uh, Brodziak and Cassian, and then Lucic with Kara, who we know is suspended for the next two games. Uh, Spooner slotted in there as well, so obviously that's where Spooner's going to play and tie Rowdy and Zekoff as an extra forward. You can buck with New West Travel Oilers fans. Join Oilers now on two great road trips to Nashville and Vegas to see the Oilers play in two of the most exciting arenas in the league. These Oilers Now packages include airfare, accommodation, great game tickets, including a private suite in Vegas, all your transportation, a welcome reception with myself and special guests, and parking at Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Limited space to get on these road trips to see Nashville and Vegas for the Oilers Now roadies. Call the travel experts at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. Second hour of the show. From uh, the Oilers Radio Network and a Team Canada World Junior alumnus who was away for Christmas and won a gold medal, Rob Brown. The general manager of Team Canada for the upcoming uh, Spangler Cup, former NHL goaltender currently with the Montreal Canadiens organization. He won't be home for Christmas, Sean Burke. And Washington Capitals broadcast analyst Al May, an Edmonton area product, to talk a bit about the ongoing heated rivalry between Pittsburgh and Washington. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.